0: Who are these guys? For years, we've celebrated Epiphany hearing about the Magi. And that word appears in some of the notes in our service folder this morning. And I guess this is the only time you ever use or see that word. And then, our current translation, instead of calling them magi, calls them wise men. But it also capitalizes wise and man, in other words, telling us these aren't just men who happen to be wise. These are wise men, as in they have official roles in which they use their wisdom. They have an official capacity that calls on their wisdom. And beyond that, we really don't know that much about them. We can make quite a few educated guesses. We can assume a few things about them. But really, all we know about these particular wise men are the things that we read in Matthew chapter 2. Scripture doesn't tell us details like how many of them there were, whether they rode camels or traveled by some other method. We know that they were Gentiles. They were men who were not part of the nation of Israel. They weren't descendants of Jacob But their worship of Jesus when he was still very young makes them the first Gentiles that we know about to worship Jesus. So as we see Jews and Gentiles alike worshiping Jesus from very early on in his life, we clearly see and recognize that Jesus came for all people. Now, unlike what a lot of nativity scenes uh, represent or many songs suggest, these men did not come to the stable on the night of the first Christmas. They came sometime later, maybe a couple of months, maybe up to a couple of years. And even though we're uncertain about things like that and many other things that may pique our curiosity... These wise men serve as models for us as we, like them, are non-Israelite believers who worship the Christ child, who celebrate the birth of the Savior. These wise men demonstrated spiritual wisdom. They serve as examples for us, men and women alike, Jew and Gentile alike. They show us that wise ones worship Jesus. And we are wise to consider today their journey and their joy and their generosity. Their journey brought these men from the east to Jerusalem first off, and the Bible doesn't specify exactly where they leave from. We might, again, make some guesses and it's almost certainly the the Middle East, not the Far East, but the Middle East from which they came, their journey may have been there for some 500 miles, perhaps even more. They left on that journey because they had seen a special star that convinced them that this was the announcement that the king of the Jews had been born. And the star, as Scripture describes, it was clearly a special sign that God used to direct these men in this way. They were given such a unique opportunity to play a particular role in God's unveiling of his salvation history. And these men did undertake this long journey because no distance was too great for them to travel to worship the newborn King of the Jews. In a lot of ways, the wise men are very different from you and me. A different time, different place, a very unique opportunity, a very special sign that was given to them. But what is the same for us as it was for them is the importance for us of seeking and worshiping The Savior, you don't need a journey of 500 miles. You have opportunities right here. At your fingertips and in your neighborhoods and at a sanctuary that is so much more convenient for you than Israel was for the wise men at that time. But because it's so easy for us, we can take it for granted. We can allow our worship to become routine rather than heartfelt. And it can be crowded out by other appointments and busy work instead of being of of supreme importance to us. We marvel at a long journey like the one the, the wise men took Because we know our own sinful selfishness and how unlikely it would be for us to embark on such a journey. How reluctant we would be to put in so much time and so much effort and even so much of our wealth. The journey of the wise men is a reminder for us that we need a savior now the wise men didn't find a savior in jerusalem not at their first stop they went there they went to the palace they thought that that made good sense if they were looking for a king the star had brought them that far but they needed more details they needed more information they had an audience with king herod they asked him about the king of the Jews, whose star they had seen uh, that had led them to worship him. And Herod, who would have been called the king of the Jews at the time, who was the man who was sitting in that earthly position, and that earthly role, Herod was alarmed. This was a ruthless king, a, a politician who would stop at nothing to pursue his own interests and his own power and his own strength, protect his position. He had, he had murdered family members to protect his throne. He was prone to jealousy. He was prone to, to rage. When he was troubled, all Jerusalem was troubled. And they had good reason to be troubled. Now, Herod never was able to carry out his plan to eradicate Jesus, whom he saw as another threat. We got just a hint of that when the wise men went by a different route. And we didn't read about it in our text, but Herod did react with rage and terror and attempted to wipe out the one he viewed as a threat. But what Herod did right here within our text, right, in, right within the verses that we're looking at, was he pointed the wise men in the right direction. He knew where to turn. He understood that Scripture has the answers. And so his experts in Scripture told him precisely where the Christ, the Messiah, was to be born, Bethlehem. Those men, those experts knew the, the prophecy, a prophecy that we've used in our Christmas services. They knew what the promise had been and how that, or they knew about the promise that was fulfilled when Mary and Joseph took their journey from Nazareth, their hometown, to the town of David. And so the the wise men had their next destination determined for them. What a contrast. What a contrast. What a study in differences when we compare Herod with these wise men who had come to him. Herod had the scriptures. He had the experts. He had the knowledge right there at his fingertips. He even had Bethlehem pretty much in his own backyard but he was upset and he ignored the Christ except to view him as a possible threat to his own power and his own position and his own influence. He didn't need a journey or a sign. And he missed out on the joy of Christmas. He missed out on the joy of knowing Jesus, but the wise men sure did not with a new destination in mind, they set forth once again and they saw the star again and everything lined up. They found the very place where Jesus was and before they had even entered it, they rejoiced. When they realized that they were on the right path, they were filled with joy. Our translation says it this way. They rejoiced With overwhelming joy. Doesn't show up quite as well in English, but the Greek there uses two words that have the same root, and so they look very similar and they sound very similar. It says something like, They rejoiced with great rejoicing. Or they joyed with great joy. I know it doesn't really work in English, but you get the idea. Joy in seeing Jesus comes from understanding why Jesus came. Jesus came to be the Savior. He came to save people from their sins. Those wise men, you and me and everyone else who worships him, the specific temptations, the specific sins into which we fall are different from person to person from place to place, from one time period to another time period. But the concept is the same. We were born as rebels against God. We were born with sinful hearts, selfish hearts, hearts that were full of the same evil motives like Herod puts on display in the account in front of us. We would serve our own power and our own interests and our own fame and our own glory until God calls us out of that darkness and into His wonderful lights. Or to say it differently, like our second reading says it, brings us from death to life. God, through Jesus, rescues us from the hell and the destruction that we deserve in our sins. And it gives us, instead, the eternal joys of heaven. And if the eternal joys of heaven are ours, and we know that right now, how can our reaction be anything but joy? And our joy shows itself in generosity. The generosity of the wise men is legendary. Rich gifts fit for a king. Gold and frankincense and myrrh, these were lavish gifts from joyful hearts. And God offers us opportunities for just such generosity. The offerings that we give are an obvious parallel to the gifts of the wise men, and lavish offerings serve the needs of others and serve the sharing of the gospel. They're truly gifts to Jesus. And we can be generous in other ways as well. We can be generous with our time. We can be generous with the talents that God has given to us. Generosity is an attitude of giving rather than holding or hoarding. It's an attitude of seeking to serve rather than to be served. It is a tangible way that joyful believers express their joy and their love and their thankfulness. It's a way that we can be like those wise men. And all of it in our lives, just as in theirs, is a result of the good news, of great joy. It's a result of the grace of God, His undeserved love, and it is for all people, whether Jew or Gentile or any other categories we could imagine. Not so we don't get the wrong idea. It's worth reminding ourselves that the wise men were not believers because they were so wise. They didn't come to the conclusions they did. They didn't make the decisions that they made because of their wisdom that they were smarter than somebody else or more powerful or richer or any of those things. They came because God led them. They came because God called them. And God changed their hearts so that they would follow Him and they would come and worship Jesus. And worship Him they did in their journey and in their joy and in their generosity. God had made them wise spiritually. God had made them wise for salvation. And He's done the same for you and for me. Thanks be to God for His good news of great joy that is for all people. Thanks be to God that He has led us to know and to believe that wise ones worship Jesus. Amen.